says still 99% of all the mortality coming out of Europe in general is over 50 and pre-existing conditions. The pre-existing condition piece still holds in Italy with the majority of the mortality having three or more pre-existing conditions. I think this is reassuring to all of us, but it doesn't change the need to continue to protect the elderly. And in order to protect the elderly, we all need to continue to do the president's directives and guidance for the next week of the 15-day challenge. The 15-day challenge. It's, is that, uh, do I have to eat a Tide Pod or snort cinnamon <laughs> or anything like that? Or plank at some point? <laughs> Remember owling? Those were those were good times. Uh, yeah, so that was really interesting. Ninety nine percent are over fifty with multiple pre existing conditions. Yeah, it, it it. So in in Italy, half of the people who died had three or more pre existing conditions. Right. Three. That's that's a rough go. That's an unhealthy person. God bless him. Right. But and that, if you're unhealthy, you're thinking, how does that help me? But. That brings back to mind the question we were considering last hour and we'll consider throughout the show today, and that's the balance. The balance between wanting to save as many people as possible and not utterly decimating the economy, perhaps for decades, because those are both absolutely valid concerns. They are somewhat in opposition. And the cable news and a lot of the mainstream media think you're too stupid to understand that those are both legitimate concerns they they pose it as one as the other it's either one or the other and trump is wrong i mean it's just so dumb but having said that the discussion of the elderly people in europe and the rest of it one of the reasons people like to go to europe is it is to a large extent charmingly old-timey in places um but sometimes that's not so good like in spain which is allegedly a thoroughly modern modern country uh, they've found uh, old folks' homes just abandoned, except for the people who live there. And and the old folks, some of them have died in their beds. And the staff just fled into the night, essentially. Um, they've had to convert a hockey rink into a makeshift morgue because there's ice there. Um, it's oh, just, my God. Oh, yeah. It's, I it's, didn't know they played hockey in Spain. Spanish prosecutors uh, said an investigation has been launched. The military's brought in. Um, and they've said that they will proceed without mercy or something or other in finding out who did what and who abandoned those poor old folks. But um, let me throw this out as a thought starter. This is not the sort of thing I would say or believe, but I have come across this a number of places. If this is primarily killing people that are f- quite unhealthy, if you've got three pre-existing conditions, you're not particularly healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's 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 some you know fringe social media talk about this. This is the whole economy versus coronavirus thing. If it's primarily killing people that are really unhealthy, is this some sort of natural selection thing happening? Why are we going to destroy the world economy for everybody who's healthy? That's uh that's some of the discussion that's going on out there in the in right. the world. Yeah. Well that express it's kind of a not very nuanced expression of what is an important consideration. And again, uh, it was striking this morning as I was taking in the media that I usually do, how many of them were were uh, uh, focusing on this 
false choice, this idiotic narrative that even as the message is clear that we must socially separate and shut down and more states are shutting down, the president says he wants to end this. Is the president ignoring his medical experts? I mean, it's just, oh, God, trying to fake up a a, a conflict here is just so, it's so not helpful and it's so dumb. Everybody listening to this show right now understands we want to save as many humans as we can, but we can't ruin the economy. And we're trying to figure out where that sweet spot is. We're trying to understand, okay, in New York City, they got to go a long way in New York City right now because the cases are exploding and they're getting close to the overwhelming the uh, the medical facilities point, okay? In rural Indiana, everybody's fine. So let's get the economy going there. If there's a, a plant there... Can we go with a South Korean style widespread testing? And, and if somebody gets it, then we isolate them, et cetera. But keep that factory humming. Can we strike a balance? Can we find a smart way to get through this without bringing the greatest economy in the history of the world completely to its knees? The answer is, of course we can. We're going to figure it out as we go. But you can understand. We certainly understand there's a balance and we're trying to find the right one. Right. I thought Tucker Carlson had uh, made a good point last night on Fox in that you wouldn't want the economists making this decision. You don't want epidemiologists making this decision because they all see the world through their own lens. Here's the question I heard twice in a 10-minute period on NPR, grilling a Republican and uh, somebody from the administration. Is the president going to listen to the doctors or is he going to open up the economy? Seriously. NPR is supposed to be for smart people. How dumb are you if you don't get the president is going to listen carefully to the doctors and he's going to listen to the economists and figure out where we ought to be and make a really tough call that plenty of people will disagree with. Right. Um, that's just that's just the, what it is. There's no getting around it. And, and we all understand. I'm asking you folks. You understand that, right? Of course you do. So the Wall Street Journal uh, uh, had a big article on this yesterday because it's the big conversation and uh, quoted a bunch of different people on both sides. But I thought this was interesting. Even among scientists who study pandemics, some are starting to wonder about the cost of fighting the disease. Michael Olstrom, a University of Minnesota disease specialist, stunned some in the science community when he suggested letting people at low risk of serious disease continue working to keep the economy going. Um, Listen, this is off the top of my head. It's certainly not of well-developed policy, but the least vulnerable and most productive of us, let's get back to work with some very specific guidelines for interacting with uh, older folks. I mean, it's 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 a question of um, it's well, what's the right metaphor? Uh, is it uh, are we are we best suited to play defense or offense in terms of our old folks? I mean, are are we better off quarantining everybody to keep the vulnerable safe, or are we better off uh, quarantining the vulnerable as effectively as we possibly can, and being extremely careful who comes in contact with them? And in what way we come in contact with them. And, and, and by the way, one of the uh, outcomes of that policy would be that the much less vulnerable are going to get exposed. They're going to go through it. They're going to develop uh, antibodies to it and immunity to it, which, as those numbers increase in that same exponential way we're afraid of, uh, will develop herd immunity. 
and also have plenty of uh, serum to use to treat people. So, it, it, again, I hope a, that's the way it works. It's a, it's a right. It's a difficult uh, conversation, but the idea that it's one thing or the other and Trump is on one side of it is just unspeakably boneheaded. The Spanish flu came in, killed quite a few people, left. Everybody thought, "Ooh, that was rough." Good yeah. God, that think how bad that could have been. Came back a couple months later, <laughs> wiped out gazillions of people. Yeah. Then left again, then came back and then was more like the first round. So that's some people have kids like that. <laughs> Get out of college and come back. Oh, yeah, sure. You can stay here for a while. Um, a little more on this, and then I'll shut up about this for the time being. So Dr. Scott Gottlieb, he was the first person I ever heard say we're going to have to shut down cities and states. He tweeted yesterday, there's a strong and understandable desire to return to better times in a functioning economy, but it should not be lost on anyone that there's no such thing as a functioning economy in society so long as the virus continues to spread in our biggest cities. Uh, reading from the dispatch, um. They touch on a point worth reiterating. The economy's in shambles, yes, because states and localities have been locking down commerce, but also because we are in the midst of a deadly pandemic. Set aside for a minute the fact that governors, not the federal government, hold the relevant legal authority over quarantines and shutdowns. That's the Trump doesn't decide this anyway. Right. Uh, your, your local, you know, your mayor, your governor, whoever does. Even if Trump were to open the United States for business once again in a few days, most Americans would probably continue to stay home, avoid restaurants, avoid traveling, and unnecessary public exposure, and yet the healthcare system would continue to be overwhelmed. And many of our trading partners would remain in a state of mass closure also, so we're not the economy suffering there. It's a good point. A lot of the economic damage is it's just part of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, I've said many times I'm uh, I'm I'm trying to be honest about this stuff. I have had some problems with the administration's response at times. I think they're actually doing a terrific job right now. Fifty six percent approval for Trump, um, which is amazing given the uh, the context. You know, prior to this, but... given the unrelenting negative press. Yeah, there's it's that. Fifty six percent with the, almost the entirety of the press corps. Spending every day trying to make that the the opposite. That's an excellent point. Um, but the the plan we're about halfway through the fifteen day plan that the administration had, and as we get to the end of that, they're going to take a look at the infection statistics and the fatalities and the economic numbers and the rest of it, and reassess where we are. How could anybody possibly criticize that, except that they're trying to whip up a certain narrative to get viewers and clicks? And it's despicable, as I've been saying. It is despicable. And it's so insulting to people's intelligence, too. So we're all Zooming now, I guess? Uh, Yeah, yeah, it's that uh, video conferencing platform. I'm going to Zoom the first time today. I finally downloaded the app. I didn't want to. It's free, everybody said. And I thought to myself, it's not free. It's not freaking free. Nothing is free if they give it to you free. Oh, look, I read the, uh, the the terms of agreement. Of course, it's not free. Well, you're the product. Exactly. But anymore, there's some stuff you ought to know about Zoom now that everybody's using it is, uh, is probably important. Oh, speaking of uh, video conferencing, I tweeted about this, the upside of the downtime. Uh, a lot of musical artists and even comedians are doing online shows. And you can kick them a few bucks. Some are free. Some are, you know, tip me if you want. Some are suggested ticket price $5 or whatever because they can't tour. And uh, I've watched now two of them, two of my favorite songwriters and band leaders from their, like, their home studio, music room, office, whatever, doing a bunch of songs from their catalog and talking about how they wrote them. And it's just been 
cool. I think this is going to become more and more of a thing, and I think these apps are eventually going to start being able to sell event streams where right. you can buy a $5 ticket and watch you know, John Mayer play in his backyard. Or That's whatever. exactly what they're doing, yeah. Um, and, and, uh, last night, for instance, I watched uh, Rhett Miller, the leader of the old 97s, um, doing a bunch of songs, and uh, one of the comments was, I've seen you more in the last week than I have in the last five years. Because guys are doing lots of shows online. It's fun. If I ever end up with a free 30 seconds, I might look uh, look into some of that. Yeah, well, that's how the other half lives. I thought I'd let you in. It's like Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Lifestyles of the Rich and Grown Childed. Um, uh, Zoom. Well, what's, what, uh, is it a good idea or a bad idea? Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. Truth. Spread the truth. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh boy, I don't want to dwell on this because it's a downer, but we got this text. I'm finding these times extremely difficult, and I usually only leave my house once a week. Depression is set in with a vengeance. My son, my oldest son, who's never down, was really down yesterday, and mm. I think it was just the the adding up of... Things that have been canceled, things that we aren't doing anymore. What are we looking forward to at this point? You know, when you're a kid, time is so... Today is all that really matters. Maybe this weekend. Sure. You you don't think much beyond that, and there ain't much that's going to (laughs) happen. Well, maybe it's because I'm childish, but I remember quite specifically last Wednesday night, I said to myself, I cannot do two more radio shows this week. I don't have it in me. And of course I did, but yeah, I was just really discouraged for a while. But you know that's gone. It, 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 we all go through these little gulfs. I think you'll come out. I hope. Um, uh, yeah, I just wonder if that's going to be uh, the sort of thing that we hear a lot more about in the coming coming weeks. Yes, part of the sure. It's natural. Don't part, you know? Don't don't worry about your worry. It's perfectly natural. Part of what uh, people are doing to connect, if you're not leaving your house, is Zoom, of course. And I had uh, uh, stayed away from Zoom just because I just didn't want another app. I didn't want another password. I didn't want another login. I didn't want another anything. Oh, I got to tell uh, you about my uh, uh, effort to sign on to the company email yesterday. It's hilarious, but l- maybe later. I mean, it was straight out of Kafka. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I I mean, the multi-layered absurdity of it. And, you know, I ain't bragging, but, no, I get paid a fair amount of money. I've done pretty well in life. The amount of time I wasted was extraordinary. Oh, yeah. It was astonishing. I I hope that we're living through the worst of times for this sort of stuff, and it will get better in the future. to be. It's, Got to it's, be. Like, it's like people who had to hand crank their car in the morning and it started half the time. Right. Um, and, right. you know, and then, then it got better over time. Bring on the retina scans for the love of the iris. Yeah. Anyway, that was actually pretty good right there. Instead of the love of the Irish, it was oh. the iris, which oh, no, is I, part I, of the. Uh, I think we all got Sean it. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. I can tell Sean did. We yeah. all got it. We just, we just did like throw roses at you or anything. <laughs> we didn't put you on our shoulders and carry you around because of it. Madonna bought all my rose petals. <laughs> For her bathing schedule. Yes. Madonna bought up all the rose petals. There you go. It's the great Madonna in the bathtub. Put clothe yourself, you harlot. (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to be able to get through all of this, but so Zoom. (laughs) 
So people kept telling me, oh, you don't use Zoom, you got to use Zoom. And we're going to use Zoom because he, he wants to do multiple friends at the same time. He's been FaceTiming, which is freaking a godsend. I mean, oh, we, it's wonderful. We FaceTime with their cousins yesterday, and they're sitting on the couch talking like they're in the same room. And it's just it's flipping awesome. But um, Zoom will allow him to have multiple people at multiple locations for anybody that's used Zoom. You just uh, you log in, and there you all are, all, all your faces there, up to three on a phone, and then a whole bunch on a laptop if you want to do it that way. Some things you want to know about Zoom, because everybody told me it's free. And I thought, you know, I'm not going to lecture you about the way things work, but these things aren't free. If they're giving to them to you at no cost, it's because they're making their money stealing all the information out of my phone. And I know that. Um, by looking through the privacy policy on Zoom, which was, I scrolled and scrolled and scrolled and scrolled and could not even get to the bottom of to see how long it was before I clicked agree, because what choice do I have if I want to Zoom? Right. Right? Right. Uh, Zoom allows your boss to track your attention during calls. Did you know that? What? <laughs> oh, boy. Glad you... I know that. <laughs> Uh-oh. They can actually tell if you're paying attention and report back. <sighs> Shares tons. Narc. Shares tons of data that it collects with third, third parties, of course. That's why it's free to download. And uh, and has uh, real security vulnerabilities, which I don't worry much about, but there's been a lot of hacking into uh, conference calls with Zoom. I got a little more on that coming up and some of the latest on Corona and everything else. Also, some interesting perspectives from folks uh, everywhere from hospitals to prisons on how they're dealing with all of this. Well, I want to hear that. Coming up. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty Show. Listen to this, guys. I saw that Audible is now offering free audiobooks for kids stuck at home. So if Disney Plus didn't hold your kids' attention, I'm sure Ben Stein reading War and Peace will do the trick. <laughs> A particularly dry example. Oh, that's funny. Uh, we got this text. My workplace is under great tension. Our boss is straining hard to stay open, and most of us employees want to shut down and be sent home so we can collect unemployment. Our boss obviously doesn't value human life. Our, mor- our morale is at an all-time low. I don't know how many places feel this way. I have no idea. Yeah, interesting. Uh, again, I think that sort of thing ebbs and flows, um, I would suspect. But um, anyway. I sent that text, by the way. Mm. <laughs> Beautiful. Hilarious. You're so right, Michael. Uh, Just a quick note. First of all, uh, from a a tech website, that uh, Utah Jazz player Rudy Gobert, what's his nickname? (laughs) The Stifle Tower. Hilarious. He's French, you know. Um, He tweeted that he can't smell anything. According to this site, Gobert isn't alone. A growing number of doctors suspect that for many patients, the first symptom of the bug, before even before the telltale fever or the cough, could be losing your sense of taste, smell, or both. Nobody's sure exactly why. Has anybody lost their fashion sense? <laughs> wow. Not helpful in these troubled times. <clears throat> uh, that, that is weird. That is super weird. We asked for and have received a slew of emails from folks, uh, everything from emergency room uh, workers to uh, Ken, the rural doctor, with a really nice note um, about his his practice. 
Um, we have, uh, you know, other doctors reporting in. We have Ed in uh, New Zealand talking about they finally banned any international flights because it dawned on them. Well, it's not like flying across oceans. All these cases we're getting are people coming into New Zealand. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's an island. They don't need a wall. They have the Pacific, as Ed points out. Um, but they now have enough cases that it will probably start spreading on its own. Uh, cheers, mates, writes Ed. Thank you. Appreciate that. There's this note from Anonymous, who is, um, well, she's in the know in Mendocino County in Cal Unicornia, which is a semi-rural county. It's also gorgeous. It's also gigantic. Right. It's as big as a state. They have a population of 90,000 people in that enormous county. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, I know. I love Mendocino County. They have 11 ventilators, 11 for 90,000 people. Now, granted, social distance, you gotta, you gotta get on an ATV or in your car or whatever to eliminate social distancing in most of Mendocino County. You have to work at it, yeah. Yeah, but 11 for 90,000 people is very sobering and points out. Um, along with the information that it's not just old folks that end up being hospitalized with this virus, it's very concerning. Um, uh, thank you for the kind words, uh, Anne. I thought that was interesting. And finally, this from a corrections officer. We used to call them prison guards. Guys, you wondered how the prisons are handling the virus problem. This is also a Cal Unicornian. As a correctional officer at such and such state prison, uh, first they're canceling all visiting. Also, they stopped all volunteers from entering the prison grounds. They've suspended all education programs for the inmates. Medical transports off grounds are for life-threatening reasons only. They have medical personnel at the entrances screening everyone entering the secure perimeter, asking questions about fever, shortness of breath, cough, anyone not passing is sent home. They've modified the inmate recreation programs to facilitate social distancing and advise staff to practice social distancing to the extent possible. Well, inside the prison, like outside of the prison, that sort of stuff's gonna is gonna be rough. It's gonna take a toll. I mean, yep. a lot of that volunteering <clears throat> stuff going into the prisons is there for a reason, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I used to volunteer going into a prison. I went in every week, um, talking to people about being an alcoholic, and uh, I know they've eliminated that. That ain't gonna help anything. No, nope. But you know, what are you gonna do? They're also doing a six-month early release program for those inmates soon to parole. They're trying to keep it out of the prison. There are a lot of older inmates in poor health and plenty of younger ones who have not treated themselves well in their lives. If it gets inside, it would spread rapidly and take its toll on the inmates in the prison health care system. I, I think that's inevitable. There I are think, also the COs to consider, the, the officers. I think it's just going to happen. I think there's a whole bunch of different situations where it's just going to happen. Everybody's going to have it. They're talking about, uh, oh, here, I'll read this text. <laughs> I'm sorry, one more note. Um, he, he listens to the show uh, and also listens via podcast to everything he misses, and he tried once to listen to it at one and a half times speed. It was funny with you guys talking like you were on meth. <laughs> Thanks uh, for the note, sir. Willie Geist tweeted this out yesterday. You know who Willie Geist is? He's smiling along. <laughs> Pleasant-looking fellow, often on uh, Morning Joe. On Morning Joe, right. Yeah. His dad is a legendary broadcaster, if you're old enough. Um a friend who is a surgeon at one of the biggest hospitals in New York. So this is the opposite, the polar opposite of the Mendocino comment. Okay. Uh, a friend who is a surgeon at one of the biggest hospitals in New York. It is imperative that people stay home. If they do, we will survive this. We each have one mask and are being redeployed to intensive care. 
we believe that we will all get this virus at some point. They're operating just with the understanding that that will happen. Yeah. That that I think that's just a fact. I mean, is the mask thing about over? Because I keep hearing about millions of masks materializing and being donated and found and sent around. I realize it takes a while to get to places and get handed out, but I, I'm hoping that's within a day or two of being over as a concern. This is the United States of America, for goodness sakes. I keep seeing people wearing the kind that doesn't do anything. I see that a lot. The really flimsy paper things that aren't really that doing overstates much. It. Yeah, it doesn't do much. It's not good enough, but it's better than nothing, from what I understand. But um, oh, I also heard an interview with Henry Ford, not Henry Ford, Bill Ford. Um, Henry Ford's dead, Joe. Uh, that's right, Joe. Um, uh, Bill Ford, who's the uh, chairman of Ford Motor Company right now, uh, they are making ventilators and ventilator parts. They're they're gearing up to right now, and they're about, I think, to to hit full speed. I don't even, I can't even imagine how that happens. How do you take a piece of machinery that makes a bumper? And, and turn it into something that makes ventilators. I just don't I, even know how that works. Bend the metal in different places. Exactly. I, I, honestly, or you get a bunch of ventilators that look like uh, 2024 F-150s. <laughs> Positive, Sean. You put and your his... mouth around the tailpipe. Okay. Well, maybe that's now, what they there are. Been days I've I been tempted. That. <laughs> you know, Sean in his childlike simplicity actually made a, made a good point. A lot of the stuff's computerized. Yeah. And so you just bend the metal in different places and and you can make the clamps or the tubes or the hoses or whatever they need or pumps and and the rest of it. Um but he made an interesting point to Bill Ford. Um he was asked uh, the president's getting criticized for not uh, fully utilizing the Defense Procurement Act, the double emergency we're fighting the Nazis act. And uh it was actually the uh the North Koreans, but anyway. Um and and he said, oh, that's not necessary. He said, our people are crazy enthusiastic about this. They can't wait. People are bugging him. How quick can we get this going? This is what the country, he said that the enthusiasm is just over the top at Ford to help out. So I thought that was a nice thing. Two Good things. for y'all, and I'm not leaving you out, GM, or anything like that. I'm sure you're doing the same thing. Two things I, don't, better be. two things I don't want to hear any more about. One, the Olympics. I don't think anybody freaking cares. So I they're putting it off. We heard. Fine. Uh, well, the or, reasoning or was difficult, Jim. Do it no, or don't. don't care. Nobody cares. Yeah, does this mean the next one is in 2025? Or are they back on the every four? Because this is going to throw off calculations. I, I think to, they're going to jam it back a year. I That's hate what to I'm tell hearing. the Today Show and USA Today and everyone else, nobody's thinking about the Olympics. So no. Nobody cares. No. Do it. Don't do it. Nobody knew it was happening. Most people weren't going to watch. Just doesn't so matter. No more talk about that. And then the other thing is, uh, will is Trump going to reopen the economy? He's not the one who shut it down, people. Do you remember that conversation? Who who told you you had to stay in wherever you're listening right now? Your governor did, because they have the power to do that. The president doesn't have the power. And since the president's not the one who told you you have to shut your business, he's not the one who can open your business. And with all due respect to the fact that the president's uh, coronavirus team is has an enormous influence on that sort of thing, We'll move slowly, we'll move carefully, we'll figure it out state by state and county by county. The false and idiotic narrative that Trump is ignoring his medical team and is talking about opening the economy. I mean, oh my gosh, I just, every day I think our media cannot get worse, and every day I'm surprised. For the old and the dim, 
Oh, and let me read this. Sean pointed out Robbie Suave from uh, Reason, who we talked to now and again, tweeted, I feel like both the prioritized stopping coronavirus and the what about the economy camps are sort of straw manning each other's positions. Um, you think? Most of the former are not seriously saying we'll do full quarantine for 18 months, and most of the latter are not suggesting we abandon it immediately. No, almost nobody is. Even our most extreme listeners who say, listen, we're not, we shouldn't sacrifice the economy for the old. Get them out of the way are willing to concede that, you know, with proper precautions taken. These 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 straw men that, that the CNNs and NPRs and 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 uh, MSNBC of the world are, are are shaking at you to try to they don't exist. Well, for instance, how about on the airlines? Is any of that mandated or is that just people choosing not to fly? I think that's almost entirely people just making a choice, right? Yeah, there's been no ban on interstate travel so or anything the, like that. If you announce today, and the president, again, doesn't have the power to do this, but if the economy was opened back up again, using my finger quotes, uh, people are not flying of their own choice. Yeah. People are not going to go down to the the business downtown, so they're going to close anyway because it's not worth being open. How much is flying dropped off? So uh, a week ago, if you went year to year a week ago, Middle March to Middle March for United, they went from 419,000 passengers to 203 passengers. What? Year to year. On that day. That's not that on that particular day. Yeah. That, that is not the what. That's not even the exciting part of it. What? So year to year, a week ago, <laughs> it went from 419 to 233, from 91% capacity to uh, whatever that would be. I don't know if I have that number. But in the last week... It went from two hundred thirty some thousand to sixty four thousand. Mm. It, it got cut another quarter from a week ago. Yeah, so it went down a half year to year, and then a quarter again a week later. Yeah, I don't even know how they're keeping the planes in the air. They're at twenty four percent capacity on United. Yeah, little D flew home as I discussed. Uh, went coast to coast, and um, and and the planes were not full at all. Although she had the pleasure of sitting right next to a crazy person. Who who made her flight miserable the entire way? Always a good strange time. ranger. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, two, but that drop off is all voluntary. You, yeah. There's no opening that back up by decree of the president. This sort of thing is not helpful, by the way, and I'm sure you all have run into this. I had one medical professional tell me because I brought up the idea of Delaney flying home. Um, you know, because nobody knows how long this is going to last, and she ought to be home. Um, one medical professional said. Uh, airplanes are actually a pretty good place to be unless there's somebody next to you ca- coughing and hacking or within six feet of you because they so aggressively filter the air. It's HEPA filters. No They're way. constantly sucking. Oh, it's absolutely true. I don't believe it's that. It's all either. true. No, but what about all the seat surfaces and everything everybody's touched in the bathroom? Nobody's been on them. Uh, well, I, I'm not buying it. I wouldn't go on a plane. Then another, another medical professional told a friend of mine, I call airplanes COVID-19 tubes. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I, the plane seems gross to me. The plane I mean, seems I've, gross to me, says Dr. Jack. I've seen them clean in between flights. Have you? It ain't in much. In the current era? Well, maybe they're doing a better job Thank now. Yet they are. I they're hope. actually fumigating the planes. Really? Yes. And what, uh, with, the, with some sort of industrial level 17 cleaner. I can't remember. I read it the other day. Do they make people get off and then do the oh, no. fumigate? No, nope, they make in? you stay on. Breathe hold your breath. In. Yeah, hold your breath. This is going to take about five minutes. This is going to burn your eyes. scent. Yeah. <laughs> do they make people get off? <laughs> they swab them down, too. Uh, we got a lot more on the way. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. There's so many statistics flying around. 
Lots of statistics. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people trying to get your attention by throwing the most extreme stuff at you. Boy, great, Not going to do it. Great, do it. Great Britain's had an explosion. They've changed their posture quite a bit. So has France, among other countries. Uh, all on the way. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The mayor of L.A., Eric Garcetti, had to close the boardwalk at the beach because of these stupid people who do not seem to understand how sick I am of playing Candyland with my children. Why is it that when there's no quarantine, we all stay at home staring at our screens? But now that we're on lockdown, people are like, let's get out and have a picnic. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Tourist areas are starting to resent tourists to the point of violence. Stay tuned if you dare. <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but um, really interesting. I hadn't seen that coming. Well, are they open or are they closed? You, are you, Tourist areas like, say, Lake Tahoe, for okay. instance, uh, Daytona Beach. People are still, even if they can't use some of the facilities, they're still renting the Airbnbs and going to the hotels and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and locals are saying, hey, hey, how about you stay out of here? Go home. Don't come here infecting us. My parents are trying to decide in their little uh, old folks community that they live in this time of year where they're all in RVs. Is everybody going to go home here next month? Because that's usually what happens. They're in the Phoenix area and it starts to get, you know, 150 degrees. Mm-hmm. And everybody goes back to where they where they live, where it's cooler most of the year. Well, they're trying to decide, should we stay here or go back? Because where they are, nobody's got it. Mm. And maybe they're better just hunkering down where they are. Best to hunker. Yeah. So thanks to alert listener John, who was, uh, his email uh, subject line is the Red Plague. Um, And he says, I'm sick and tired of the wailing about referring to the COVID-19 as the Chinese virus or the China virus. Uh, but he sent along the virus naming or disease naming standards and protocols for, among others, the WHO. And indeed, in recent years, the WHO has come up with their guidelines for naming diseases. I didn't know they had guidelines for naming diseases. Oh, it's quite detailed and extensive. I had no idea. I, I assumed somebody just kind of called it something and somebody else called it that. And it's it like, caught on. It's it went like, viral. It's like getting a nickname. This virus has gone viral. Well, as you might guess, some of the guidelines which have popped up in recent years are all about political correctness of course but i will tell you this the best practices state and i'm quoting now that a disease name should consist of generic descriptive terms based on the symptoms that the disease causes for example respiratory disease neurological syndrome watery diarrhea whoa what's that one cause and sore hands (laughs) exactly joint pain geez that's the worst name i've ever heard oh boy Uh, And more specific descriptive terms when robust information is available on how the disease manifests, who it affects, its severity or seasonality. For instance, progressive, juvenile, severe, winter. If the pathogen that causes the disease is known, it should be part of the disease name like coronavirus, influenza virus, salmonella. So you could have, for instance, the respiratory juvenile salmonella. That's a little cumbersome. Terms that should be avoided, Jack, you bigot, in diseases uh, include geographic locations like Middle East Respiratory System. That was MERS. That's just Spanish dumb. flu. 
You avoid people's names like Kreutzfeldt Jacob disease, etc. Species of animal or food, swine flu, bird flu, monkeypox, avoid that, Jack. Cultural populations, industry, or occupational references like Legionnaire's disease, or terms that incite undue fear. For unno- for instance, fatal, unknown, epidemic. Well, I, Joe Getty, having rejected all of these guidelines, and indeed... Not appreciating the WHO's heavy-handed political correctness, have finally come up with the official name of the current disease, and that is <clears throat> Chairman Xi's Chinese Batmonger Coughing Death. <laughs> That's a good name. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Again, without laughing. That's Chairman Xi's Chinese Batmonger Coughing Death. That is the new Armstrong and Getty. Official name. Of course, you can't win with this BS, because remember, they called hurricanes by a female name forever, and then women decided, oh, so it's destructive, so you name it a woman, whereas if it had been men's names forever, right. women would have said, oh, anything powerful has to be a man. I mean, you can't win yeah. these things. Women wouldn't have said that. Pains in the oh, ass yeah, oh, yeah, would have yeah, said yeah, that. You're right. Absolutely correct. <laughs> right, right. Normal people wouldn't have thought twice about it. They'd have thought, it's an inanimate object. It doesn't mean anything. It just gives you a common term. It's so we're a dumb all, old tradition, but I'm too busy. To worry about so we're all uh, referring to the same thing. It just right. it's shorthand. It doesn't mean anything because it doesn't. Ah, ah! Some of you people. Yeah, I know it. I know it. You'd think in the you wake go of, to a wet market. In the get yourself a bat. Oh, lock oh yourself in your house and leave me and, alone. And remember, they're best raw. So just buy it and suck on that bat on the way home. Leave it on the windowsill at room temperature to cure mm. for a day. Mm, delicious bat juice. <laughs> oh wow. Armstrong and Getty.